All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the year that was dot 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 1997. Um, if you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. Um, the concept of this program is that we review a one solid year of professional wrestling between W or, or talking about WWE or WWF at the time. WCW and ECW. We don't delve into like the indies or anything like that because another guy on this network does that. So we don't want to damn him. Yeah, damn him. We don't want to. We don't want to be repetitive. Um, but basically, we go through one year of W or one year of what's going on in the major leagues of professional wrestling, which in 1997 the major leagues we the WWF, WCW, and ECW. My name is Aaron Maxson. I am joined alongside my brother, Nate. Hello! And my brother from another mother, Archie. Hola. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Um, this week, we are going to be doing <coughs> the Monday Nitro and WCW... Um, the WCW Nitro and the WWF Raw from... February 24th, 1997. Um, the reason I bring those up is we're not going to have a lot of ECW discussion because if anybody isn't aware, at this time, ECW would basically um, tell you what happened at their pay-per-view on their show. So ECW this week was just basically recapping what happened at CyberSlam, and we already had a show on CyberSlam. Right. So we're not going to review a review show. This isn't, this isn't recapping the extreme. We're not going to do that. <laughs> um, well, I will say that Aaron did a fantastic job recapping Cyber Sunday when we did do it. Thank you. Um, so basically what's happened is we've had Cyber Slam. We had Super Brawl, which was WCW. So we're coming out of those shows. Um and the WWF is leading into here. WWF is leading into WrestleMania 13. If I'm chronologically yep. correct, WCW is leading into the uncensored pay per view, and ECW is leading into their first inaugural pay per view. Which I shouldn't say first inaugural; it's redundant. But anyway, they're leading into barely legal. So. With that being said, you guys have anything we need to talk about before we get into the weekend? Um, the only thing I'll, I'll really add is that at this point in time, it was like all three companies were firing on all cylinders. There Wait. wasn't a bad week of a show. There wasn't a bad segment. And even if there was a bad segment, they made up for it on the next four segments for you, so you weren't exactly board. Yes, well, and I actually talked about it on Slice of Time last week because I was covering <clears throat> the story of ECW finally getting clearance from Request TV to put right. Barely Legal on pay-per-view, which had been, you know, up in the air, right. and I even said it on the show, the th this is this is the time where ECW finally rose up and instead of a big 2, it became a big 3. Right. Um just real quick for anybody that didn't listen last week, because uh, we're going to start with W. The way I like to try to do the show is 
whatever paper, whichever company's pay-per-view we're coming out of, I like to do their show first, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So anybody that didn't listen, coming out of Super Brawl 7, uh, uh, Six Pac beat Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight Championship. Conan, Laparca, and Viano 4 defeated Uvis, uh, Ciclope, and Supercalo. Uh, Rey Mysterio versus Prince Iakea. Prince Iakea won that match and retained his TV title. Buff Bagwell versus um, DDP was god-awful, but DDP won that. Um, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero for the U.S. title. Eddie Guerrero retained his title. Um, a tag team triangle match. Public Enemy defeated the Faces of Fear and Harlem Heat. In a grudge match, Jeff Jarrett defeated Steve McMichael, which garnered him entrance into the Horsemen. In a San Francisco street fight, which is fucking amazing, Kevin oh, yeah. Sullivan versus Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit won that. Um, Lex Luger and the Giant defeated the Outsiders to become the tag team champions. And Hulk Hogan defeated Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And the story of that match was the fact that Randy Savage has now joined the NWL. Yep. And if you if you have not yet and you want to know why the subtitle of Aaron's Super Brawl 7 episode was Mouse Man of Green Mile, go listen to the show. <laughs> We're not going to tell you here. You got to listen. Yeah. Little Easter egg, little nugget, find it. <laughs> um, so, anything else on that, guys? Or are we good? Mm-hmm. Benoit and Sullivan stole the show on that on that card. That's oh. all I gotta say. And Miss Jackie was the MVP for taking the bump. She fucking. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, with that being said, we're rolling into February twenty fourth, nineteen ninety seven. We're in Sacramento, California, for WCW Nitro. Um, our broadcast team for hour number one is Tony Schiavone and the great Larry Zabisco. I know Archie feels oh. Larry Zabisco, but he's fantastic. Oh. The human game of chess. <laughs> he's funny. I like he's Larry. Yeah, he's so funny. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys what. I like Larry on commentary. I do not like Larry outside of the ring and in the ring. The reason I don't like him outside of the ring is because whenever Larry talks about a current wrestler, even a wrestler he used to deal with in the past, he comes off as high, high and mighty. And all I could ever think about Larry Zabisco is, you mentioned it earlier, Aaron, when I made a joke in the chat that we have, who did he ever beat? Yes, he beat Bruno. Yes, he beat a lot of big names, but he was never World Heavyweight Champion in the WWF or WCW. He One of, so, my, one of my favorite things, and we talk about the company TNA all the time, about its existence mm-hmm. and how we can't believe it still exists. But to me, one of the best things in the history of that company is the the little mini tension between Raven and Larry Zabisco. Oh, my God. Larry, he, he, oh goes, my God. he goes, he goes, he goes, I need you to sign this release. The blah, blah, blah. I don't remember what the actual thing was. And, and, and Raven goes, I'll sign it after I stab you in the head and fill the pen with your, your own blood. And then I'll yep. sign the contract in your own blood. And Larry goes, and I quote, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, sorry. We always get in the weeds on all our shows. but That's fine. Um, 
the re Zabisco and, and Shivani open up the show. They're just talking about they're in Sacramento. Some shit happened last week or last night at Super Brawl. And they recapped the three way match from Super Brawl and um, kind of recap what's going on with Jeff Jarrett and Steve McMichael because now Jeff Jarrett is a horseman and um, kind of putting over that. Um, Jarrett and McMichael don't like each other, but they're yep. both horsemen now, but they're both the only active members of the horsemen because Ben was laid up now, flares hurt, right. and arms are tired. So the horsemen are kind of um, th- their hopes are kind of on Deborah yeah, Mongo and you guys and don't like Jarrett. Them. Yeah, <laughs> like we're stuck with these. Fucking people that are like cuckolding you know, each other. We don't you know, know what's going on. <laughs> I could handle Mongo. I know I always make the joke Mongo is like the worst horseman, but I could handle Mongo as a horseman. Deborah was so annoying. And I know that was her job to be that annoying, but she was so annoying that like there were times when I'd be watching a promo and then she'd go to talk that I'd immediately change the channel. And it wasn't to go to WWF. It was just, I can't handle this. And I'd change the channel and wait till it was over. So. I can get that. She was good to look at, though. Yeah. So the opening match is the Public Enemy. Listen to this fucking match. The Public Enemy versus Jeff Jarrett and Steve McMichael. Yep. <laughs> Gonna be a barn burner, baby. Yeah, this thing is a fucking clusterfuck from the beginning. The beginning. Um, and it's more of the same. With Mongo and Deborah fighting over the briefcase, and um, Mongo hits Jarrett with the briefcase, and Public Enemy ends up winning. Yeah, and it's just—it's it, the same old, same old with these people. And I'm—I don't know if I said it before, but I've decided that I'm officially instituting my rule of I'm not watching. A match with Mongo and Jarrett as a team, or Mongo and Jarrett facing each other. <laughs> well, that's Watch good. That's good because they faced the Public Enemy two more times after that. <laughs> I'm not watching it. <laughs> you know, the it two- was like a it was like a real big storyline. They could not beat the Public Enemy, and all they kept thinking was, "Is really?" Yeah. You know, Cornette's <laughs> like tooth and nail rule. Yeah, yeah. Riho rule. Not trying to steal the great. Jim Cornette's Thunder, but I have a Mongo Jarrett rule, and I'm not watching him anymore. I don't mind it. That's fine with me. I don't mind stealing Jer- Jim Cornette's Thunder. That's all right. It's You're stealing from a genius. So yes. I'll step over the match and watch the outcome, but I'm not watching anything that leads to it or that goes on. I call that the Kenny Omega rule, so I oh, get yeah. you. So that's, that's my rule now. I'm not watching those. Um, after the match... Um, Obviously, Jarrett and Mongo are upset with each other because they cost the match or whatever. The horsemen come out and they start doing the same. Like like I said, I love Ric Flair. I love Arn Anderson. Jeff Jarrett, I, I don't mind Jeff Jarrett. But Nate knows me. The fucking horsemen were my goddamn jam. Mine too. But watching it now, looking at it, it's like 97 Horsemen is fucking rough. It's bad. It's bad. It's the same, it's the same promo. It's the same matches. It's the same thing week in and week out. Yeah. Um, 
Flair basically says that um, this was the one time now that Jarrett is officially a horseman that they're allowed to um, beef with each other in a match. And then Arm makes them shake hands and then they're all cool. Mm-hmm. And they leave and they're like, hey, we're the horsemen and they and they walk away. They didn't leave they didn't they didn't heed the player or orange warning very much after this. We'll find out in the weeks to come here on the year that was. Um anything else on these boring horsemen? No. <laughs> well, we can move right along. Hate to say the, it, the, the, yeah, it's the boar horsemen. That's what that's what it yeah. is at this point. They're like a CBS drama. <laughs> like, what is going on? But anyway, um, the next match is weird. It is a luchador making, I think it's his debut, because I don't remember writing his name down before this, a luchador named Galaxy. Yes. And he is going one-on-one with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> yeah, as a side note, Galaxy was actually Damien 666, but AAA did not want to allow WCW to use the character yet. They were kind of like feuding over the copyrights, so he had to come up with a whole new character on the fly. Well, he came up with Galaxy. You know what? You know what I always thought about Damien? I I always thought, like, during this time, I, I was the guy, other than Ray Ray, obviously, everybody knows I'm a big Ray Ray mark. But other than Rey Mysterio, um, I was weird because, and Aaron can attest to this, my other, my two favorite luchadors in WCW <laughs> were Silver King. Well, okay, I say three. Silver King, Super Calo, and Damien. And the reason I like Damien is Damien looks like he's the guy that, like, you'd get in a bar fight with him and he would just stab you within four seconds. Like, he, you right. know what I mean? He looks like right. a rough no, motherfucker. Like, he looks like I'm a mean-ass motherfucker. You just need to die. I don't even want to yes. fight with you. You just need to die. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I dug Damien, man. He wasn't, like, a high flyer or anything, but I thought he was, I thought he oh, was he really was good. good. Though. And he still has a great career, actually, him and his son. So. Mine would have been, obviously, you said Ray Ray. If mm-hmm. I had to pick three, um... <clears throat> My dark horse is Liz Mark Jr. I like Liz Mark Jr. Mm-hmm. La Parka. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if he's considered a luchador, but I consider him a luchador because Japan told him to fuck off, and he went there and fucking made something out of himself. I'd say Ultimo. Yeah. And then later on, later on, let's give it, uh, and of course there are a couple of years from it, and he's not from Mexico, he's from California, but let's give a nod to Blitzkrieg, too. Yes. Yeah. That dude did not good. have the career that he deserved because he was so good. Well, there were so many other luchadors that were outshining him. Even when he was doing his absolute greatest work, mm-hmm. there were guys doing something better. And it was like, okay, we're going to watch Psychosis, not Blitzkrieg, you know? Right. So. But anyway, we go into this gripping fucking match of Galaxy 666. <laughs> Versus Jim Duggan. And yeah, Jim he Duggan. stabbed Jim Duggan. Jim, <laughs> before, he stabbed, before he could be stabbed, Jim Nugget, Jim Nuggan. Jim Nugget. <laughs> I like Jim Nugget. Jim Nugget, I like it. Jim Nugget ends up, <laughs> I, I've drank about 12 beers, so give me a. You're fine, I love it. But Jim Nugget ends up 
uh, Galaxy with his Tate Fist gimmick, knocking him out and pinning him one, two, three. And then in a post-match interview, obviously, with me and Gene, Duggan just talks about being upset that now not only has Hulk Hogan left Jim Duggan, Randy Savage has as well. And then Damien stabbed him in the kidney. What a slap in the face for Jim Nugget. Now, I have a qualm here with Jim Duggan and his whole taped fist thing. I'm sure you both have watched boxing before, and you've seen the way a corner man intricately wraps the boxer's hands in the tape and everything to make it a hard surface. Jim Duggan used to just wheel the tape around and get it sloppily on his hand, and we were meant to believe that he was knocking people out, including the giant. (laughs) Including the giant. Like, you know what I mean? I understood he was trying to be a taped fist fighter, but... At least he could have came to the ring with his fist taped. Right. Yeah, when, and, you do it, when you do it like this, you're right. hitting somebody with an oven glove. Right. <laughs> and then the thing that used to blow my mind, too, was the referees would disqualify him if they saw he taped his fist. Meanwhile, there's guys coming to the ring with taped fists for a match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, like Psychosis had taped fists, and a couple other wrestlers would tape their hands and their wrists and their fists. Like, so only Duggan is the, the one above the rule. He's the one under the rule. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Try to apply, don't try to apply logic to Jim Nugget. I'm trying, Aaron. I'm trying. Don't do it. Um, so anything else on Galaxy 666 versus Jim Nugget? No. Absolutely not. All right. Then we get a report about how you can not only order – the WCW's previous Super Brawl pay-per-view on pay-per-view replay, you can also get it on WCW Internet Radio Broadcast Replay. Yes. yes. That was a thing, kids. Yes, it was. To the pay-per-views. You can listen to Chad Damiani tell you about the... There's a there's a name. Look at me pulling an obscure name out yeah, there. Chad yeah. Damiani telling you about the WCW pay per view as it's going on, commentating. Yeah, not Chad Demera. Not Chad Demera. No. Chad. Not Chad Austin Demera. Chad Damiani. <laughs> so anyway, WCW says if you didn't if if you missed Super Brawl and you want to watch it again, or you want to listen to it, give us your money. Right. The next match. In their defense, in their defense, back in the day, we listened to a lot of pay per views on oh, Scramble, yeah. Scramble I'm Vision. Not in Scramble Vision, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, Archie, did we ever? T- did, I, did either Nate or I ever tell you the story of the magical television? No. Nate and I had a magical television. Mm-hmm. It was about the screen was about a little smaller than like a mo- like a regular. It was a, It was like a thirteen inch. Okay. TV. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was channels 1 through 13. And on this TV, each channel had a tuner. Right. Okay. A little small disc that if your TV looked a little wonky, you could tune it. Right. And if you put it on channel 13 and tuned it properly, you could get a fuzzy, somewhat, <laughs> vi- yep. somewhat visible image of a pay-per-view, a wrestling pay-per-view, whatever was on pay-per-view, you could see it. 
So Nick here too. could, could yep. scramble a little bit and watch Fuzzy. <laughs> and, and after a while, and after a while, you didn't even care that it was scrambled because you were listening. At least you were hearing what was yes, going on. We were hearing what was going on, you know, like <laughs> we weren't stealing porn. Right. No. No. And then, and then, and then you'd have that sweet spot where, for like five minutes, it would, it would, it would like straighten up, and then it would just be like a fuzzy black and white, and you could actually watch it. Right. Right. You see see Shawn Michaels connect with the super, you'd be like, "Oh boy!" And then it would go black again. (laughs) You can still hear it, and you knew what the fuck was going on. Okay, I watched. Fantastic. I watched. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I watched the '96 Royal Rumble. And it was the part where they were burying the Undertaker, and he was being pushed in the casket, and then the gong went off, and they started playing all the weird music. My father was in the living room. I'm in my bedroom. My door's open, and I have the TV full blast to hear it, so I could hear it. And all this is going on. My dad comes in the room and goes, "So since when did we start listening to listening to exorcisms? What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> I'm like, "I'm watching wrestling." He's like, "That's watching wrestling." I'm like, yeah, what pay per view? It scrambled. Unless you're gonna buy me the pay per view, well, then just, <laughs> like, can I just give you the twenty nine ninety nine so I didn't have to get this shit to get out of me just now? The saddest, so. day, the saddest day of my life was in that fucking tube busting when I got. Oh it. yeah, never got another TV that did that. Never like, got another TV that did that. Like ten year old me, that was the first time in the history of Aaron that he was just like, "What the fuck." <laughs> I've been better ever since. <laughs> so are we moving on to the next match? Yes, sir. The next match is Hugh Morris all right, versus Joe Gomez. Oof. Oh, man, the Desperado. Who, who from this day forward, we're no longer going to call Joe Gomez on this show. Okay. Joe Gomez's new name is Mexican McMichael. <laughs> he does look like Steve McMichaels, yes, a shorter, he, smaller version. He he is he's actually about the same exact size, McMichael. He's no, Me- he's a little shorter. Okay, he's Mexican McMichael. Okay, <laughs> I like it. So Joe Gomez, or sorry, Mexican McMichael versus Hugh Morris. This match happened. There's no notes for it because I have no notes for it because it was terrible. And Hugh Morris defeats Mexican McMichael. The the best part about this match was the the, the name of Hugh Morris's finisher. But no laughing matter. Yeah, because in my opinion, there was never another name better name for a, a, a finishing move. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. No laughing matter. The guy's name is Hugh Morris. He comes in there laughing, and then this three hundred and twenty pound monster hits you with a suit, a, a moon salt called the No Laughing Matter. You know, and, and at, at least, at least he can say, if, if "Good for Bill Demott." He didn't wind up being the man of question, right? Right, because that was their original deal for him, and I believe they right. called him that one time on a Saturday night. I believe, like in his first match, they might have called him in. Like, I think you're right. Name the man of question, Hugh Morris. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. And and my thing is, like, I'm not a big um, um, Mexican McMichael fan, but right. I am innate 
can attest to this because he's known me forever. I am actually a Bill DeMott fan. I think Bill DeMott was fucking awesome. I I do, too. I do, too. That big fucker could do shit that a guy his size shouldn't be able to do. Right. Um, I think he had a good personality. And and I've I like I've I've never watched a match that he was in with somebody that was good, I should say. Like mm-hmm. I don't how do I want to say it? Like I've never seen him in a I've never seen him do anything that was like, yeah, fuck that. Right. A chump there. And and that fucking moonsault that he could do and he, he like I, I'm a humorous fan. I agree. Yep, super good big man wrestler. It sucks that he had to wait till they named him General Huge Erection to win the United States title. And then the WWE didn't know what to do with him. And it was good that he became a coach and finally started teaching children. But it sucks with everything that came out about him afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't look. Do I believe a majority of what he they said about him? Yes. But I mean, he was a coach at the WWE Performance Center. What was he supposed to do? Hold their hand. Go, it's going to be okay, baby. Just do that squad. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? You're trying to become a professional wrestler. And my thing with Bill DeMont <laughs> training was the things that he did good? No. But it wasn't the... I, I don't think Bill DeMont was trying to be a bully. Right. What he was doing. Right. I just... I, I think he was doing things the way he was taught. Right. Yep. But he didn't realize I'm doing things the way I was taught in a different time frame. Time frame. Right. You know what I mean? And it didn't it didn't catch up to him. Like Christopher Nowinski, who had a, a, a concussion, never said, Hey Bill DeMont was too hard on me. Maven didn't say it. John Morrison didn't say it. All these other guys. It wasn't until we hit like the year, I think, 2002, 2003, that people started saying, oh, he's too tough. He's a bully because they got softer. They weren't prepared to put in a 10-hour day in training and then go ahead and sleep and we woke up to go do a hike. And You know what I mean? It's like, well, then why did you sign up to be a wrestler? What did you think was going to happen? And that's what I think that that's what I think happened to Bill DeMont. Yeah. That, the time changed, not him, not the way he was training people, the way people wanted to be trained changed. Yeah. And the and the things you, like basically social media kind mm-hmm. of hot. Right. That makes sense. I agree. So anything else on this epic Mexican McMichael versus humorous match? I'm I'm I'd like to see Mexican McMichael go against American McMichael, if at all possible. <laughs> I think it does happen somewhere down the line. It happened earlier at Beach Bat. Beach. It was in 96. We'll talk about that later. Um, We get some WCW hype or WCW Saturday Night hype. Sorry. Um, With the cool ass graphic where, like, and Tony Schiavone telling you what's going to be coming up on WCW Saturday Night. And then they recap. A, some more of the Kevin Sullivan, Chris Benoit shit. And I should say shit. You know what I mean? No, we get it. <laughs> Badass shit that happened between those two at Super Brawl. Talking about how both of them are out, plus um, 
Jackie, they're all out. <clears throat> the next match is another weird match. And I, I as I'm as I'm reading this, I'm understanding kind of why they're doing this because they're in California. So they're putting luchadors on here, but they're mm-hmm. not doing it the way they should do it. They're doing right. it like polar opposite. Because guess what the next match is? Mm-hmm. It's Super Calo versus I was going to say Super Calo versus William Regal, but okay. Nope. No, that would be fantastic. <laughs> it is Ice Train with Teddy Long versus La Parca. Now, Leparco was a big dude, but I don't think he was able to handle a guy like Ice Train. You know. This match sucked. Oh, of course. It was really bad. Everything Ice Train did sucked. Unless Scott <laughs> Norton was with him. Agreed. Well, <laughs> he was a bad wrestler. I don't know how he had made it out of the power plant. Through the door. Through the door. <laughs> so, um, do you guys want to know who won that match? Of it course. Was nice oh, of course. And then... Um, do you guys have anything else about Ice Trainer La Parca? No. No, I've said enough. I might get canceled if I continue. <laughs> the next thing is... Um, sorry, I lost my notes here for a second. The next thing is Mike Tanay basically um, talking about Roddy Piper being like the one true champion. Like like Mike Tanay had this like weird thing in here. He's just like, oh, Roddy Piper, he's the one true champion. We want you back. We love you, Roddy Piper. It's like Mike today is like verbally sucking off Roddy Piper. <laughs> it was just weird. Um, I said Mike today. I meant Tony Schiavone. Sorry. No, you're good. Today. But Tony Schiavone is basic. Tony Schiavone is basically begging Roddy Piper to come back and how much we love you. And he's like on the microphone, like, oh, I love you. Roddy Piper, everybody loves you. You're the greatest, Roddy Piper. You're the one true champion. And he's just belating verbally Roddy Piper. Um, it was really random and weird. Um, so after Tony cuts a promo about how great Roddy Piper is, the next match we get is fucking awesome. Like, I've this fucking match is great. Guess what it is? Tell us. You don't have to guess because I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it's Mang and the Barbarian, which are the Faces, Faces of Fear. Here versus Chris Jericho and Eddie Guerrero. Damn. Ah, damn. It's fucking great. How can this not suck? <laughs> And I'm not, and I'm not even being like sarcastic, Aaron. Being right. like, oh, this not suck. It doesn't suck. It's fucking. <laughs> no, they actually worked really well together. Uh, considering the change in styles, and me and the Barbarian being so brutish, Jericho and Guerrero played up against them perfectly. And as I'm watching this match, it's like I don't understand what. Sorry, you guys don't hear these fucking. Was that a whale? 
No, it's the oh. fucking dudes are like strike the the hardworking human beings are scraping oh. the woods. You guys don't hear that, do you? Yeah, no. I heard it. I heard. Oh, no, I, no, I didn't hear wheel. anything on my end. Okay, just want to make sure. All right. Um, what I put in my notes is Eddie and Jericho should attain more often. Like they were fucking great together. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. They were. And 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 you would think. Mang and Barbarian versus Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho. Not knowing, like, if you're not a wrestling fan, you look at these two teams, you're going to be like, eh, these guys couldn't beat these guys. But these are four fucking professionals. Four guys that know their fucking role on the card and right. know their fucking role in the match. And all of them did fantastic. <laughs> I agree. I don't know how you could go wrong. <laughs> you know, like it's a great fucking match. Um, hey, I didn't mean to cut you off. You oh no, that that was just that was all I had to say. Really, was I mean, you, my, just, you you picture it in your mind, and you're like, well, that's got to be really good. <laughs> my favorite thing about the faces of here was their finisher when they used it together. That backdrop into a power bomb, the way the barbarian would just deadlift his opponent up from the backdrop, and. Jericho and, and Eddie, Eddie were able to take it perfectly because they were smaller dudes. But when you see, would see him do it to a guy like Scott Norton or Hugh Morris or something, or a, a Brian Nobbs, was still tremendous looking. Yeah, if 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 Haku or Sione wanted to throw you around the ring, you were going to be thrown around the ring. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. all there was to it. Oh yeah. Um, the finish of the match is Eddie is going to go up to the top to try to hit his frog splash on Barbarian. But Dean Malenko, if you remember from what I was telling you guys about Super Brawl, is yep. off the Eddie cost Tim is Cruiserweight title to six pack, comes out, pushes Eddie off the top rope, and it gives Barbarian enough time to extend his foot for the big boot, Barbarian boot, and he kicks Eddie and pins him one, two, three. Yep. Faces of Fear win the match. And um, something that's completely not about this show, I am looking forward to April to meeting fucking Barbarian Haku and getting their goddamn autograph and being intimidated the the entire time, even though I'm Haku <laughs> is still a badass. They did um a show here during WrestleMania 36 weekend, or no, 35 weekend when they were in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And it was the Bullet Club because his sons, Tama Tonga and Tyler right. Lowe, are in the Bullet Club, and he was with them. And one of the guys from What Culture Wrestling walked up and said, so, Haku, how does it feel to know that your sons are, are doing great in, in wrestling? And he said, I'm very proud of them. I think they're doing fantastic. Do you think they do it just as believable as you did? And Haku looked at him and said, what do you mean by believable? And this idiot said, well, because wrestling's fake. So do you think they, they pass off just as well as you do? Or do you think you had a better time in the 80s and 90s pulling it off to make it look more real? And Haku grabbed this guy by the throat and flung him across the parking lot. <laughs> and the rest of the bully club almost whipped his ass. If the security wouldn't have grabbed him and thrown him out, they might have whipped his ass the whole party. So... Don't fuck I'm, with Meng. I'm looking <laughs> for Meng will eat your face. Literally. He's bitten off people's noses. He's got eyeballs right. and shit. Don't fuck with that guy. Um, my favorite 
my favorite Ming story is a story Chris Jericho said. I don't, I don't want to get off topic, guys. I mean, is this I, the airport story? No, this is a locker room story. Oh, okay. This is Jericho said he was sitting. I don't remember who he said he was with. It was a. It was a. It was Chris and Tammy. He was sitting with Chris and Tammy, talking to those two. It wouldn't have been them. Either way, Chris was sitting down talking to somebody, and oh my God. you guys still there? Uh, yeah, you guys still there? Yeah, we're here. Yeah. Okay. It, every, everything blip like flip for a minute. The fucking Wi-Fi here sucks. But Jericho said he's sitting there talking. I don't remember the two people he's talking to, but he's sitting there talking. And the person he's talking to is Meng. And 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 he's like, Meng, I need to talk to you. And Meng's like, Get, give me a minute. And Bischoff's like, hey, I, I, I need to talk to you about your match. And the, mind you, Bischoff's the boss at this point. You know what I mean? And Meng turns around, like, like he does this like three times. And Meng turns around and goes, "I told you, I'm talking to my fucking friends. You can wait a minute." And Eric Bischoff just went, "Finally, when you're done, I'll see you later." And <laughs> walked away. <laughs> like, Never mind, we're good. Like that, that's I just I, I, I kind of butchered the story because my fucking chopped up, but. Um, so we've had um, the Faces of Fear versus Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho. And then we go into hour number two. And it's Mike Tanay now joining Tony Schiavone along with Bobby the Brain Heenan. And they are discussing the Hulk Hogan Roddy Piper situation from Brawl and asking where Sting. Um, it's just basically like basically resetting the show because they know people mm-hmm. are flipping at this time. So they're like, okay, now we're going to go into our next angle. We're talking about our big angle with Piper and Hogan. We're staying, da 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 trying to get people to not flip back over to Raw. So there's really nothing there, but they're just all doing their job. Um, so they set it to the next match, and it's Rey Mysterio versus Uventud Guerrero. Can't go wrong there. Nope. And this is what I was going to ask, Nate, when you, you just said you can't go wrong there. Mm-hmm. In 1997, and this could be an like out of the out of left field question, these guys came to the country kind of together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they had their shit in ECW, and then they wound up in WCW together. They finally put them together, and they started having this match. I know these guys aren't from the same same country or whatever, but do you think in 1997 this was like the 92? This match was the 92 equivalent of Brian Pillman versus Jushin Liger. Wow! Where it's like, don't you don't get up? Like if you get up, you're gonna miss some shit. Yeah, I would say I would say tie. I would say actually, there's a tie. You could throw another guy in there in the mix, and any of the three of them combined, it would be Mysterio, Hoovy, and Psychosis. Yeah, 
but yeah, I totally see what you're saying there. Because it's like they have battles everywhere. ECW, their first match in ECW, I was awestruck having never seen them before. Mm-hmm. And then when they got to WCW and the six man tags and the tag team matches and then the one on ones, and like you said, Nate, psychosis being interchangeable, Eddie getting involved every now and then. You know what I mean? Ray's matches with Dean Malenko were some of the best WCW produced ever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you put those four or five guys in a match on the card, you were guaranteed to get the fans cheering. Yes. So. So I wasn't completely off base thinking about not that. Not at all. Oh, not absolutely all. not. No. Like I said, I, the only tweak I would have made to it was just to throw psychosis into the mix. But the three of them, it was like that. Like you said, it's that, okay, this match is on. You, I hope you don't have to pee for 20 minutes. Right. Cause <laughs> you, the phone you're, ring. you're miss something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this match, um, it's obviously really, really good. How can it not be? Um, Ray Mysterio ends up winning that match with a modified um, West Coast pop. That wasn't what it was called at the time. Mm-hmm. That's basically the move that he used. Um, so Ray Ray wins that one, two, three over Uvi. And then we move into um, Nate's favorite guy, Lee Marshall, with his 1 <laughs> 800 Rogue Report. And he's talking about being in Atlanta. All right. He's talking about that. I'm in Atlanta. Here we go. And, um, in Atlanta, he saw Gone with the Weasel. <laughs> Boo! Yes. And um, he said he watched Gone with the Weasel, and everybody remind, remembers the iconic line from Gone with the Weasel. Actually, Charlotte, weasels can't build a dam. What? Fuck off out of here, Lee Marshall. Yeah. Which is basically what Bobby Heenan said. With your bullshit. I would like Bobby Bobby to quote Lee Marshall at like an odd Nitro taping that he wasn't at a college or something and just hold up and punch Lee Marshall. I was going to say the funny thing is, you know, Marshall did did those uh, 1-800-collect things for years. Mm -hmm. And I think the only time, I mean, in WCW, that uh, maybe they did, they did Thunder together sometimes, didn't they? Yeah, I don't. I don't no. think they Never ever mind. actually worked on TV together. No. I don't know. Well, see, because I was going to say the only time I ever even remember them working together was the that WCW All Nighter thing when they were, you know. I'm right. I'm sure they probably had to sit through a fucking thunder together. I used to love those, by the way, Nate. The WCW All Nighter. Yeah, Bobby was just... on point on those things. Oh, he yeah. was drunk. Yeah, <laughs> him and Gene. Him and Gene were both fucking hammered. Right. <laughs> and and and. and um, I know he's not everybody's favorite dude in the world or whatever, but he probably wasn't drunk. But fucking Tony Schiavone, who's funny as shit, <laughs> got to hang out with drunk Bobby Heenan and drunk Gene. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So he's just <laughs> laughing at their shit with these fucking yahoos. Yeah, and for those drunk. of you that for those of you that have never seen him, you can find him on YouTube. Um, edited, they edit. You know, they they actually there's a ah, I don't there's even know who them. it is. There's one of them on the network. Is there? Yeah. Yeah, where they like they edit out the matches and stuff and they just show you the, the broadcast team hanging out right. in the hotel. And that's, or that's some of the best. Great. 
Because we saw all the matches. We didn't need to see a recycled version of a match from two months ago. So, you know, it was seeing the backstage stuff going on. As Tony said it, he said, even though Bobby hated him, he said some of his favorite fucking times on the rover driving with Bobby and Mean Gene. <laughs> like, like he said that they pulled up to a to a like to a drive through at a gas station, and there was this big lady, hand, like it, it, like she was in this like um basically a, a, a glass box, you know, so she couldn't get robbed or shot or whatever. And and Bobby was like, "Ma'am, if you fart, you're done." Like. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't fart. If you fart, you're done. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we get Lee Marshall with the Gone with the Weasel. Actually, my actually Char- Charlotte Weasels can't build a dam. And Bobby Heenan's like, what the fuck did I ever do to this guy? <laughs> fucking busting my balls every, every week. week. Every week before Bobby was like, what do I do? What do I do? Who is this guy? Piece of shit. Tiger motherfucker. Old AWA heat. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't even there at the same time. (laughs) But anyway, the next match. And I want you guys to take a mental picture of these matches I'm telling you because a lot of them are very bad. Like, imagine you've paid money to see this. Um, the next match is Prince Iakea defending his television championship against Pat Tanaka. Doom. Doom. Wait. Doom. 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 Yes. The Pat Yes. That. Well, no, he had black pants. Oh, well, this is Oriental Express, Pat Tanaka. This is an Oriental Express, Pat, Pat Tanaka. This is Black this is, Pants, Pat Tanaka. This is the guy Goldberg stole his music from, Pat Tanaka. Right. right. Who said in a story, I made millions. Yes. And Vandal Drummond goes, of what? <laughs> 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 a joke between me and Nate. That's funny. Um, but yeah, Pat Tanaka comes out to Goldberg's music and he's going to try to win the TV title. from No, Prince sir. Tanaka. No, sir. Pat Tanaka came out to his music. Goldberg jacked Pat Tanaka's music. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pat Tanaka was first. Goldberg was next. Who's next? Right. Who's on first? What the fuck is going on? (laughs) Charlotte Weasel can't build a damn. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) Pat Tanaka beats, or (laughs) Pat Tanaka. Pat Pat Tanaka beats nobody. Uh, (laughs) Prince Ikea beats Pat Tanaka. One, two, three, retains his title. Um, do you guys have this? Is this is the dumbest question I've ever asked in my life? Do you guys have anything to say about Pat Tanaka versus Prince Iakea? Not a goddamn thing. All right, nothing, nothing nice to say. So we think we should just move on. <laughs> All right, 
the next match um, kind of gave me a semi when I was like, oh, this match is happening. Semi. <laughs> it's the okay. Ultimo Dragon versus Dean Malenko. Oh, my fucking God. Can't go wrong there. I've said that a few times in the show. I have show. been watching this goddamn thing all night, and I finally get to see this. It is fantastic. Some of my notes are is not not only is Ultimo Dragon one of the best fucking wrestlers of all time. Okay. <laughs> Anybody gonna de- deny me on nope. that? Mm-mm. Nope. But is he also not one of the fucking coolest looking wrestlers ever? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, what an awesome look. Just that fucking outfit. It, it, it's like, Jesus Christ, this dude can work his ass off. Can work with anybody. It doesn't matter how big or small or whatever they are. But that fucking look, it was fucking great. With his mask and his cool-ass capes. Yeah. And, yeah. and just, he looked fucking awesome. Um, the next question, the, like, the next thing I was going to ask was, um, is there a in-ring bell-to-bell smoother guy that we've been talking to, talking about in 1997, the Malenko. No. I mean, I'll be honest, him and Eddie were toe-to-toe when it came to being smooth in the ring. They had great matches with whoever it was against. I mean, I remember Eddie having fantastic matches with guys like and this is no knock to Alex Wright, but he was putting Alex Wright over in an essence, in a lot of the matches they had with each other. With Dean, Dean was having matches with guys like, you know, we mentioned Galaxy and, and, and Super Calo, and those were cruiserweights that were not Dean's exact style, but he was still having fantastic, smooth matches with them. So, in my opinion, Eddie and Dean were the 1A, 1B for the cruiserweight and bit of card division. Yeah. Like I said, I know Dean wasn't, like, a promo champ in the biggest guy in the world, but I, I don't I don't honestly think there was a smoother fucking wrestler than Dean. He didn't need to say much, though. Yeah. Even when he did talk, he didn't need to say much. Mm-hmm. Like, this, I mean? ma- this, this match had, like, the most questions out of this. So, the last question I got out of this is for you guys, Sonny Ono, yay or nay? As a manager, he was passable. I mean, he was—he wasn't bad. Nay, nay, really? Nay, yeah, I didn't like Sonny Ono. Um, I want to say one thing about Malenko before you go on to whatever's next, Aaron. And um, you guys, tell me if you think I'm off base. Do you know in his generation? You know, we always say, "Oh, you know, this guy is the this guy of this generation," or whatever. And I know everybody's the first them, and I know, but you, and it's wrestling, and you're going to make comparisons, right? Right. Is or is not because we talked about promo ability and 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 being smooth. You're never going to get a bad match. Isn't Dean Malenko the Greg Valentine of his generation? Yeah, I, yeah. to a certain extent, yeah. I can say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, it, it, 
I've never been blown away by a Greg Valentine promo. I mean, he had some great promos with Piper and their Starcade right. and all that. You know what I'm saying? But I've never been blown away by a Greg Valentine promo. But I know that in his prime, not when, <laughs> not in like 95 or whatever, but in his prime from like the late 70s to the mid 80s, if there's a Greg Valentine match, it's going to be fucking good and he's going to be smooth and he's going to yep. be a hell of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yep. I agree. When he's built like a turtle. I can see it. <laughs> uh, so, in this match, unless you guys have any other comments or any of that, um, Dean Malenko gets frustrated and ends up um, not breaking his chokehold on Ultimo Dragon, so he gets disqualified, and then he beats the shit out of Sonny Ono, and the commentators are talking about how this is, like, a new side of Dean Malenko. He's usually the Iceman, but now he's fucking freaking out. And basically, he's pissed off because of his (coughs) cruiserweight title situation. And um. After the match, Gene Okerlund interviews Dean Malenko, and then Dean Malenko obviously blames Eddie Guerrero for his loss and that he's not getting enough respect. And until he gets respect, he's just going to fuck everybody up. Yep. That's pretty he questions. Cool. He questions Eddie's integrity, saying Eddie is not who he seems to be. Yeah. He's like, don't he's trust Basically him. saying Eddie Guerrero's a heel in, in face clothing. He's a sneaky so. Mexican. Don't trust him. <laughs> Like, if Bobby Heenan was his manager, they would be over the moon, you know, to talk about this guy. <laughs> um, so, the next match is Diamond Dallas Page versus Squire Dave Taylor. I really like Squire Dave Taylor. I do, too, but... He's my kind of wrestler. Um, and I and he is also... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's fine. Him and William Regal are part of, I think, a large part of the reason why Drew McIntyre is so good right now. Yes. Because he got to work with them in, you know, 2000, what was it, like 2005 or whatever, Velocity and, you know, what what have you. Mm-hmm. But um, what we, we discussed it on, on Archie's show this week. What a learning tree. You know, when you think about the learning tree that someone's learning under, um, Dave Taylor and William Regal kind of took Drew under their wing, you know, when he was very young and um, good on them. Anyway, just side note. That's fine. And and like I said, like I wrote my notes, Dave Taylor is my kind of wrestler. And then um, I actually put in my notes, love love him or hate him. Which I hate him, but mm-hmm. ADP was fucking over with WCW. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like he—he's the Bruce Beefcake of WCW. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, okay, I know what you're—I know what you're saying. He's I'm not even saying that as I'm saying that as Aaron saying this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't—I hate Bruce Beefcake, but when I watch like '87 through like '89. It's like fucking Bruce Beefcake was fucking over with those people. Mm-hmm. Well, I fucking hated him. 
but he was selling goddamn inflatable fucking scissors. So yeah. go with it. You know what I mean? And that's what DDP was. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say, Nate. Well, I was just going to say for the for the um, for the <coughs> intents and purposes of WCW, I, I'm I'm going with a different different kind of comparison than you. I'm not talking about a guy I hate that was over with the crowd, but for WCW, it was like DDP in that company was kind. I think honestly was kind of like Edge with WWE in that he was. Uh, hear me out. He was their homegrown guy. Yeah. Right you know, on. he was he was the guy that started there, and, you know, at first he just kind of was flat, and then he came up a little bit, and then he came up a little bit, and then, holy shit, now he's one of the biggest stars in the company. Right. And that's kind of how Edge's, Edge's WWE run right. went, or is going, or what have you, but... Yeah. Anyway. All right, I thought you were going to try to say, like, ability. I was going to be mad for... No, 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 no. That's why I said I was making a different comparison. Like, in my brain, I was making a different kind of comparison than you were. All right. Archie, you got anything on DDP or Dave Taylor? I, I like Dave Taylor. I have no major problem with DDP. I mean, there were times that he was pretty decent and there were, he had a good storyline going. But I think the constant, uh, is he going to join the NWO? Isn't he going to join? You know, between him and Sting... After a while, it was like, okay, we get it. They're not joining the NWO, but you keep pushing that it's going to happen. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are rolling in, too, with DDP. Um, the only enjoyable thing he ever did in his career because Kevin Nash and Scott Hall come out and they circle the ring. And then um, Randy, Sta- Randy Stavage. Randy Savage attacks DDP from behind the starting the DDP Randy Savage feud. Yep. Um, and um, in this, while this is happening, a stupid ass fan jumps the rail. Like legitimately. Twice a year. Twice a year we get one of those fucking nimrods in pro wrestling. <laughs> it's like clockwork. There's two a year. <laughs> and Randy Savage and Scott Hall beat the fuck out of this guy. And, deserved, and deservedly so. Yes. Savage just, beats the hell out of him. Just beats the shit out of this guy. And he deserves all of it. Um, and there's, after that, there's no result. There's no result you know, in this match. I have something I need to say about you. Nate mentioned it's like twice a year this happens in wrestling. And it's the truth. It does happen two to three times a year. Obviously, these are people who are not mentally all there mm-hmm. because they believe that the actual, the actual fight going on in the ring is absolutely real. <laughs> or that Seth getting... Rollins fucked them on Cash App or right, whatever. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But they got, they got catfished by Seth Rollins. And so they jumped the barricade. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle anybody who needs you know mental care or anyone who may be special needs. But obviously, they went to the show with someone. Because they don't, people who usually like that, you know, mentally insane or whatever, don't drag themselves anywhere. Yeah, they got a handler. We have a handler, exactly. Someone to watch over them, whatever you you know you want to call them. Where is that person? The thing. Their handler. Where is that person to grab them by the arm and say, "No, Jimmy, don't jump the barricade." No, Stephen, it's not real. They let them. You know what I mean? They let them jump the barricade and get an ass with them. Right. 
You know yes. what I mean? Because they think DDP needs their help. You know, or Seth Rollins screwing them over. Yeah. Or, and then, or CM and Punk. Or, or CM Punk really is on them. DDP you know? needs me. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's Gotham, the people's champion. Gotham needs me. He's He's the people's champion, and I'm the people, so I have to go help him. <laughs> You're definitely you know? the people. <laughs> I work retail. You are definitely the people. <laughs> you are the people. <laughs> and then Jack Swagger says, we the people, and then some idiot. I, I anyway. Went, I, went, I went to an indie event with my son. He was nine at the time. And Luke Harper, who was Brody Lee at the time because he was on the indies, mm-hmm. got pushed off the top rope by Homicide. And literally landed in mine in my son's lap. His head was in my lap. His legs were in my son's. My son started to laugh. I did too. It's no big deal. He's a wrestler. It's going to happen when you're front row. So he got off. He apologized immensely under his breath with his hair in his face. And he got back up and he beat the shit out of Homicide. The match was over. Comes over to meet him and my son at the end of the show. Breaking character like you wouldn't believe. Because this guy at the time on the Indies was this big maniac who teamed with Necro Butcher. Comes and breaks here. He's like, "Look, I want, is your son okay? Are you okay? Is there anything I could do? Is there anything I could offer? Uh, free merch? Does, you want to get in the ring with any of the wrestlers and take pictures? Of, like, dude, I've come to a million wrestling matches. I never had a wrestler that close to me that I wasn't paying to take a picture with. Right? That was awesome. You're fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm thinking to myself, like in that same situation, I didn't think that I should go jump in the ring and beat up Brody Lee at that time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Oh, you know, he almost injured us. I'm going to go. No. You know? So. Yeah, these idiots. Sorry about that, Aaron. <laughs> it's okay. I just, I don't understand people jumping the rail either. Yeah. And then, and then when they do, and I watch them get fucked up, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you deserve that. <laughs> like, like the fucking little, like when Brian Hildebrad, who was. Like 120 pounds, like that guy up and slammed him on his fucking neck. Right. And shit. And Bobby Heenan was like, who knew Brian Elderbrad was the fucking baddest ass dude in the rank? You know, that type of shit. Or watching watching Eddie stomp the piss out of that guy that tried to get on in his ladder match with Van Damme. Yeah. Or, uh, he stomped the fucking uh, piss out of that guy. Um, uh, um, what's his name now? Cash? Yeah. Yeah. The Bret Hart deal, yeah, yeah. Um, what was it? Was Cash Wilder? Cash Wheeler. Cash Wheeler. Wheeler. Mm -hmm. Like he's he's the MVP of that fucking situation. (laughs) That fucking guy attacks Bret, knocks Natty down, and they don't know what the fuck to do. And I'm not knocking them because if somebody fucking scoops your legs and you're fucking taking a war, taking an award, you're gonna be like, what the fuck for a minute? Mm -hmm. I mean, especially if you're Bret. And and I'm not knocking Brett. Brett's an older man. You know what I mean? Right. He's had his concussions. He doesn't know what's going on. And Jesus Christ! What the fuck just happened? And they're trying to get this guy out out of there. And fucking Cash Wheeler is just at the end of it was just like <laughs> he's like fighting the entire. <laughs> and Cash Wheeler was just like, no, nope, we're gonna end this. <laughs> that should have kept him employed by the WWE yes. for the rest WWE of his life. Should have gave him a goddamn life contract when that dude was saved like, a legend. We're done. We're done. You know what I mean? And Meanwhile, the as he was wearing like a Heart Foundation jacket. Yep. He was just yep. like, nope. Boom. You're Not done. today. So that was great shit. It's great shit, pal. 
<laughs> went off on a tangent. Tangent there. But anyway, um, there's no result from that um, Dallas Page Dave Taylor match. The next thing is, um, unless you guys have something else you want to talk about before I move on from there. Nope. Nope. We're good. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and um, um, the NWO come out and they introduce Hulk Hogan and then they bring out Randy Savage. And they're talking about Randy Savage joining the NWO. And um, the NWO, and this is going to sound crazy in 2022, talking about what happened in 1997, but the NWO um, gives Randy Savage... Elizabeth. Yeah. Like, you can have her back. Sorry for what we did to her all these months. Yes, we apologize. You can have her back. She's a little stickier than you remember, but she'll clean off. (laughs) And um, essentially, the story they're trying to say is that Randy Savage has joined the NWO. To protect Liz. Right. Is what right. they're trying to say. Well, because the storyline was he wasn't allowed to wrestle in WCW anymore without with a WCW contract. He was fired from that or whatever. And they took Liz away from him. So the only way he could wrestle and be with Elizabeth was to join to the join the NWO. Yes. Well at least at least it ended the rapey Hogan gimmick. Right, right. <laughs> So they're like, thank you for joining our biker gang. You can have your woman back now. Right. Here's your wife. I'm done with her. Right. There you go. Jesus Christ. Now, now, again, they asked the question, well, where's Sting in all of this? Because he was hanging out with Sting for the last four weeks. And, you know, did Sting tell him to join the NWO? And I, I, I'll be honest with you. Even though they out and out said, Savage only joined the NWO to get back together with Liz and to be able to wrestle. I honestly feel that there may have been a bigger story one day for Savage to destroy the NWO from the inside out. Yeah. You know, but they never went through with it because of everything that was going on. Goldberg's rise, Hogan almost retiring, the finger poke of doom. You know what I mean? And then Savage leaving for that little bit and letting the NWO do their thing. You know, they never had a chance to actually execute the move. Yeah, and, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not knocking where they were going with it. No, it was no. Kind of like, eh, well, you can come back now, right? Get your woman back, and we trust and, you. Yeah, and I, I think that's the angle they were going with, but they <coughs> right executed it. Um, unless you guys have anything on that. I figure we could talk about the main event of Nitro and then maybe take like a break sure. and talk about Raw. Is that good? Yeah. Yep. All right. The main event of uh, WCW Nitro is Lex Luger and the Giant, the new WCW Tag Team Champions, the Boring Express versus Harlem Heat. And Eric Bischoff comes out, stops it. Brings out the entire NWO with him, 
strips Lex Luger and Giant of the titles. Yes. Thankfully, is Jesus Christ who wants to live through that. And Lex Luger challenges um, the NWO. Um, he chat. Okay. This shit's so convoluted. Bischoff strips um, Luger and Giant of the titles. Okay. Right. They got those under um, fucking shitty um, reasons because Luger had his arm hurt. So when they went to the fucking pay-per-view, Luger came in, pinned him. He shouldn't have been in the match because his fucking arms hurt. Goddamn. Luger shouldn't have been in the match. You know? And Luger was the guy that got the fucking first um, submission. Because, like, Luger got, I think it was Nash up in the rack and giant choke slammed hall. Well, Nash submitted. Well, Luger wasn't supposed to legally be in the match because his arm was still fucking hurt. He right. Right. Cleared. So Luger was legally in the match. So give the belts back. And now Luger has challenged the NWO to a match uncensored where all the titles are on the line. Well, so, well, when the match was announced, yes, all the titles were on one. But over these next few weeks, the rules that get put in place are hideous. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. We're we're talking about in the moment. In the moment, yes, all the titles are going to be on the line. Despite Prince I.A.K. not being a member of the NWO. (laughs) Everybody's not there. Like, you Prince I.I.K. should be sitting in the back being like, what the fuck? Right. What are you doing with my belt? Yeah, what are we, I have nothing to do with fucking Kevin Nash. I'm over here right. fucking with Prince right. I, I'm over here fucking with fucking Pat Tanaka and Hardbody Harrison. What the fuck right. are you talking to me about? We got a, got a busy enough schedule dodging Woody yeah. Regal. You want to fight for the NWO? I got like six segments in the fucking main event. What the fuck are you doing talking about me, Luger? <laughs> you fuck with my business. You fuck with my Arby's money. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero sitting there. Cal was like, Eddie, did you hear what they said? I don't care. <laughs> so um, they strip him of the belts, and then Luger, like I said, challenges him to a um, all-titles match down the road, and then Sting shows up in the middle of all this shit, and Hogan's mm-hmm. hu- Hogan hugs Sting. And Nitro goes off the air with Hogan hugging Sting, <coughs> contemplating that Sting is joining the NWO. Right. Right. Which, again, was WCW doing the same thing they've been doing since War Games almost a full year. Oh, no, Sting joined the NWO without Sting actually saying, I'm joining the NWO. So that's you the Oh, sorry. No, that's, that's the February 24th, 1997 Nitro. Break? Yes. Ready? Break. You guys aren't bored yet, are you? No. Okay. I mean, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to yeah. no, make the joke um, earlier. I was going to, when if you would have said, 
Nate, any thoughts on that final segment of Nitro? And I was going to be like, I fell asleep while you were describing it. It's so convoluted. <laughs> but it's the, the truth, they changed the rules of that match like 14 times. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then during the match, they changed it again. Don't worry, I, I destroy it later on. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about Nitro, which was kind of a lackluster show. They didn't really, um, in my opinion... Um, I don't want to say it. They didn't bring it. They didn't bring it. They didn't capitalize off. Coming off such a great pay per view, they could have brought off a pretty goddamn solid pay per view. They didn't really do much with it. Yeah. But we're rolling into WWF Monday Night Raw, February twenty fourth, nineteen ninety seven, from the Manhattan Center in New York. Ooh. The place where Raw was born, and um, yes, not to get um, too off into the weeds or whatever, but because this the, the the building they're in isn't the main thing we're talking about on the sh- on the show, but the Manhattan Center, which is different than the the Hammerstein Ballroom. Okay, people kind of right. Like um, confused. Yeah, they, uh-huh. It's the same complex. It's not the same. It's not the same room. Both cool rooms, but the Manhattan Center is a cool room for fucking wrestling, in my opinion. Yes. Yep. And they uh, they always you, know, you always hear the stories about what a pain in the ass it was to produce there because it wasn't on the first floor, so they had to take everything up that service elevator and. Like yeah. four <laughs> pieces of the ring at a time and all yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> but the the fucking atmosphere of the Manhattan Center for wrestling is great, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Oh yeah. So we we roll in a Monday Night Raw, um, Manhattan Center, Vince McMahon and Jerry uh, uh, Jerry Lawler, Jim Ross, whatever. They're all talking about it. And um, unless you guys had anything about the Manhattan Center. Mm-hmm. We'll roll right into the matches. It starts out with the Godwins facing the new Blackjacks. Um, All right. Barry Windham and JBL. And the only thing I can say about it is thank God the Stalker's dead. Yeah. <laughs> New, like, like I'll be honest, I would have <laughs> anything, any team that gets the word new put in front of them is an automatic failure, no matter what, the new Rockers, you know, the, the new Blackjacks, the new Midnight Express. Um, they should have just let them be Barry Windham and, and Justin Hong Bradshaw. But I will uh, say one thing. Windham, Windham and Bradshaw. I will say one thing, though. And and um, I'm not even overstep or I'm not even overstating it by saying it. One of my favorite vignettes in the history of pro wrestling is Jack is Jack Lanza at the campfire with the yeah. black and white doing the the when he's first introducing mm-hmm. these guys and he throws like whatever accelerant or whatever he had on the yeah front. and the, he's like cackling and. No, that's fucking cool as shit. Like that was cool as shit. Oh, but yeah. anyway, 
And and these two teams are badass teams, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention was out of watching all of this, like going into 97, this is the first two-hour roll, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, all this time before that, they were one hour. And and yep. watching all this, and I, I'm not going to, like, break any kayfabe on this. I've, I've gone ahead and I've made notes on shows after this. Like, I'm not watching this week to week. And I was just talking about it. I have notes. Um, as I've been watching it, I feel like a little bit of what Vince Rousseau has talked about saying, like, oh, the Berlin Raw, which we're going to watch next week, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. Was it was was when he went to Vince and said, "Oh, this show sucks. It needs to be whatever." It's like there. Uh, I don't know if it was just that one show that made it happen. Right. You know what I mean, <laughs> but anyway, well, that one show was pretty god awful. It was, but I think Vince Rousseau kind of um, did some revisionist or like some some changing of history. But anyway, we'll talk about that later on. But um, of course. the Godwins and the Blackjacks come out. This Manhattan crowd is cool because it's a New York WWF crowd and it's small. So there's not a lot of um, right. available. There's not a lot of editing the crowd or tuning them out or whatever. Um so there's audible like nitro sucks chance and right Bischoff sucks like just they- to, just to put it in perspective everybody the Manhattan Center New York City crowd is what convinced Vince to turn Razor Ramon babyface yeah right so I'm just saying they right. They were a hot crowd. They were they were the they were the equivalent to an ECW arena crowd for the WWF. Yeah, that the I was Pardon. gonna. You said it good with the Ravens. There, the Ravens here, the Razor Ramon um, turning crowd. Like this would be if you would take the first fr- the first four rows of Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and right. plop them in there. You know what I yeah. mean. Mm-hmm. Like these are your diehards. These are your WWF fans. Plus, on right. this show, they're not only the diehard WWF fans, but they walked in the building knowing they were going to see ECW guys. Yes. So this right. there was an invasion about that. Damn amped. Um, right. During this match between the Godwins and the Blackjacks is the. Um, on-screen debut of Ken Shamrock. Obviously, he's not wrestling, but they show Ken Shamrock in the crowd, and Jerry Lawler is talking about how big of a friend he is with Ken Shamrock. They're super tight. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawler's talking about how he taught Ken Shamrock how to fight. <laughs> he's like, oh, I taught him so much stuff. This guy loves me. We're best friends. I taught him everything he knows. Um and the ending of this match is the Blackjacks win because um, um, uh, Bradshaw gets a clothesline. I, I, I think it was on Pig. I forgot. Yeah, it was on Pig. That's Phineas Godwin. If anybody doesn't know, Henry O. Godwin, 
Phineas I Godwin, Hog and Pig, the Godwins. Vince McMahon, now, Vince we, McMahon to a T, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Now, that's a hog and a pig. That's good shit, pal. <laughs> we now we know this. Sure, there's a lot of our fans that know this, but how many people are like, I was 10, 80 years old when I realized their initials made pig and a hog. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Perez. Well, <laughs> the ref missed um, the fact that Pig's foot was on the rope and the <coughs> Blackjacks win. And then um, the guy wins kind of smacked Mike Kyoto around after the match. And that's how that ended. So unless you guys have anything on the Godwins or the Blackjacks, we'll move on. Yep. Um, we come back. From, we come back from the break, and it's an obvious thing they're setting up because you never see a fucking ring attendant working on the ring. But there's a guy out there cleaning up the ropes and shit, and the Eliminators show up, and they give him a total elimination, which is actually a badass fucking move. In my opinion, one of my favorite finishers, one of my favorite finishers in all of wrestling. And that guy probably worked for the Italian Stallion. Probably. But he takes it. Probably. And then Paulie shows up, and the fans are losing their fucking minds. And he cuts a promo about ECW is, is invading, and they're here now. And he introduces little Guido. And um, big Stevie Cool and the BWO make their entrance, and um, the crowd eats the BWO up. They love it. The fucking it's BWO. over with the crowd. Is. Oh, they're they're fucking losing their goddamn minds. And um, is this the match where Vince McMahon references the NWO as a clothing line? Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that that's in my notes. Um. They come out, and Stevie says, we got three words for you. And Vince McMahon's like, oh, no. And Stevie's like, we're taking over. And Vince laughs. He horse laughs at it. Because, like, in his mind, he's like, oh, fuck you, assholes, or whatever. But when he's like, we're taking over. Vince is like, ha, ha, ha. And then he's like, there's the BWO is out here, and, uh. They have shirts that are similar to a popular clothing line. <laughs> which Paulie um, and Joey both stated at different times that WCW tried to sue ECW for doing the BWO thing, but they couldn't do it. For what, the word world order? For, they were trying to sue them because they said they were um, ripping off the New World Order, the New World Order, but they couldn't because it wasn't an interaction like a like a property. It was a parody. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they they weren't saying right. the NWO. They were parodying it. It would be like they were the New um, World Order. Yeah, it would be like SNL now getting sued by Donald Trump because they were making fun of him or whatever. It's like no, we're right. parodying you, right? So, like, ECW's like, fuck off. We're just making fun of your shit. (laughs) Um, So they're having this match, and then Raven comes out, and he's watching the match. He doesn't really do anything. The reason he's watching. the first time Raven or Scott Levy's been on a Monday Night Raw since he was Johnny Polo. Yeah. So Raven gets to come back 
to the building that he fucking owned in 93 with the Quebecers. Yes. Nate and I have talked about Archie. You've talked about a lot too. Um, But now he's a new character and he's watching um, Stevie Cool, which the BWO at this point is still in Raven's Nest, even though they're kind of leading towards barely legal. Um, Stevie Stevie ends up um, winning that match with a Stevie kick, one, two, three. Guido and Stevie didn't do anything bad. They didn't do anything great. They just got ECW out Standard there. match. I was into it. Yeah. Right. Standard match. Now, as much or right, Vince wouldn't have done it because obviously he had a working agreement with uh, Paulie and ECW. He was bringing them on to help with the ratings. But Lawler could have been a very big asshole had he said when Raven came out, is that Scotty Polo? You know what I mean? He could have totally buried Raven in one second. You know what I mean? And he didn't, mm-hmm. God, but like, I always found it funny that Lawler bit his tongue. And I think, honestly, like, Nate, you and I were talking about, we were talking about this chat <laughs> about how um, um, Cornette and Lawler, or Cornette and Lawler, Cornette and Heyman, we used to think they hated each other, but they didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they were mm-hmm. friends. Lawler and Heyman fucking hate each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I also think Jerry was smart enough to know Vince wants to do something with this ECW thing, and I can only go... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you look at the history of Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon together or apart. Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon are, are... I mean, honestly, the same person, you yeah. know, like they're the same, they're the same kind of guy. They're the same kind of promoter. Um, uh, 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 what do I want to say? I like, a like mindset, you know, yeah, like, like, like uh, kind of how you're saying like Lawler knew enough that I'm going to bury this thing enough, but I still have to be able to make money with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so not not knocking what Arch is saying because Lawler could have been like, "Hey, wasn't he wasn't he Johnny Polo?" He he knew enough to go, "Okay, I'm gonna knock right. this shit, but I'm not gonna completely fucking bury it because right. down the road there's right. gonna be money on the table." With this. Mm-hmm. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's like I'm, I'll probably actually Paul. I'll actually punch Paul in the face. When I get the minute, when I get the opportunity, oh, I'm sure he hit Paul a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he 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 knew where his fucking bread was being buttered at that time. Oh, definitely, definitely. So the next thing is, um, amazing. It wasn't like a a, a fucking knockdown, drag out clinic of wrestling. It was Sunny versus. Terry Runnels, Marlena at the time, and arm wrestling contest, and the honky tonk man, and the honky tonk man was the referee. <laughs> Good God, Lord! Like Sonny. Nate, Nate, Sonny. Aaron, have you ever seen? The, you've obviously you've seen the movie Rain Man. Yes. Yeah. Wapner's well, on it. Says about the lady at the bar. Remember what he says about the lady at the bar? She's very shiny, like a holiday. 
Yes. Sunny was very shiny like a holiday on this Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I liked her a lot. <laughs> Man, people can say what they want about Tammy now. But back in the day, she was Our all the way alive. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to get there. They're hyping this thing. That the, the broads come out. Honky Tonk Man's out there. He's doing his Honky Tonk Man thing. But we got to go to a commercial. Y'all come back. Because who wouldn't? Right. It's these two bras are gonna have this arm wrestling match. They're scantily clad, it's fantastic. Um Raw is brought to you by Foot Action. If that brings it back for you guys, Foot Action. They were like the the Bush League Foot Locker. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Like like their employees didn't have striped shirts, they had like a light blue shirt and a and a black horizontal. Black. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're all spots. Are you a referee? No. For every action, there's foot action. Foot action. That's accurate. Oh, you remember their fucking slogan. Good job. Google it. There's that, there's that, and there's tough acting to act. But anyway. Yep. <laughs> uh, God, we're, God, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're showing our age. Yes. So anyway, Honky Tonk Man is refing this um, um, arm wrestling match between Sonny and Marlena, and Lawler's obviously making the obvious Lawler jokes about, man, he's got the best job. Oh, he's got the best seat in the house because he's looking at their tits, you know? And Sonny Mm -hmm. is doing um, the Rick Rude gimmick. Yep. And it's the if you people don't shut up, I'm not gonna or, or I shouldn't say like she's doing the like I'm sexier than you people. If you don't stop talking, I'm gonna leave. She's she's doing all that shit. Like you people are trash, da 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 Um Um I'm lost in my notes here, sorry. Give me a minute. I'm sorry. And while while Sonny's while Sonny's doing this, poor Terry's just sitting there with nothing to say or do. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Honky and Sonny are stealing the show, and Terry's like a mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's lost. It's like where's Dustin? So so, <laughs> so all this shit's happening, and then um um. Where am I at? I'm sorry, guys. Give me a second. Take your time. I will say this. I'll go back to it. (laughs) It's sunny at this time. Like for me, what is this, 97? Yep. I'm 16 at the time. What are you about? I'm I'm 18, going on 19. And, uh, yeah, because well, yeah, no, I'm, I, yeah, I'm 18 because I'm going to graduate in a few months, and right. uh, at this time, what is this? 97, Sunny and Mariah Carey are the objects of my affection. <laughs> oh my god! 
I'm so just you saying. Want to sing. You've got me feeling. You've got me feeling emotions, Dasani. Yes, yes, I sure did, and I hope they're both in the room, and it's going to be the best thirty-seven <laughs> seconds of their life. Wait, anyway, I got. <laughs> I got my nose back. Um, All right, good. Um, basically, during this, a big lady attacks Marlena. Which <laughs> the big lady is China. We're just going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't, they haven't given her a name yet. So this big gigantic lady attacks right. Marlena. Um, Sonny says that Marlena can um, forfeit due to the big lady's attack. Marlena refuses. Um, so Sonny's doing like this backpedaling angle, which is great. Um, and as they start doing the um, uh, arm wrestling contest, Sonny ends up. Um, tossing powder into the eyes of Marlena. And like I said, my notes get kind of sketchy here, but Savio um, winds up in this situation. Savio Vega's out there, and all of this shit for no reason leads to a Savio Vega versus Goldust match. Which makes <laughs> no sense. Yes. <laughs> um, and Sabio, so this whole fucking like jerk off session with Sonny and Marlena ends, <laughs> and we roll into Sabio Vega versus Goldust, and Miguel Perez is on headset. He just shows up. Here's Miguel. <laughs> is are you are you wearing a carpet? Wait, <laughs> no, this no. is my back, man. No, no, this is my back, <laughs> my back man. <laughs> you won't. Do you want me to shave it? No, leave it alone. Go away. It's <laughs> just my thing. So, uh, Miguel Perez is on headset. He's mad at Savio. Um, there's a Chris Candido chant at Sunny because she's out there. Um, and then Crush ends up getting involved, and Miguel Perez. Jumps in the ring to help Goldust, and Goldust and Miguel Perez run off Crush and Savio, and Goldust wins by DQ. And if I remember correctly, having I won't say I haven't watched this in a long time because I I watch a lot of '97 a lot because it's my favorite year in wrestling. Mm-hmm. But Miguel Miguel Perez, unfortunately, no heat. Oh no! <laughs> like, like nobody gives a fuck. No, no. <laughs> it, 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 nobody, who the fuck is this hairy substitute? They had no idea who this fucking <laughs> monkey was. I'm not even saying that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying mm-hmm. that as a derogatory term. They 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 had no idea who this hairy Puerto Rican ape was. They had no idea. <laughs> and I'm really sorry that I stumbled over the fucking sable or not sable the. Sorry, it's fine. Don't worry about I, it. I, I, sa- I saved it with Mariah Carey. It's all good. All right, you guys are good. Right. But anyway, Goldust wins by D. Natal edited. Natal edited just way it just comes into him talking about Mariah Carey and then you going into the rest of the match. Alright, good. So then we get a flashback to a earlier role in 93 with Jerry Lawler interviewing Tiny Tim. Uh, And the reason they did this is because Jerry Lawler is going to attempt to interview Ken Shamrock 
who's in the crowd with his kids and his mm-hmm. wife. And Lawler's like, oh, here's my best friend, uh, Ken Shamrock. And um, the funny he's like, part. he's like, hey, isn't that Luger's wife from 94? Yeah. That's, that's kind of funny. It's not all not, all not all little Asian ladies look the same. That's that's a, that's a that's a no. It's a super deep cut though. I'm sorry. It was funny though. Um, <laughs> the Lawler, Lawler does something that's really funny that a little bit of the crowd gets because they laugh. But I don't know if anybody under I I don't know if like if there's 1,500 people there. Okay. Maybe 25 of them heard it. Lawler walks up and he goes, oh, this is my really good friend, Kim Shamrock. Kim Shamrock. Yeah, Kim Shamrock. Kim Shamrock. And like 15 people laughed. It was was funny. Um, And as Lawler's talking to him, like Shamrock's just like, who are you? I don't even know who you are. And it just kind of ends with Lawler frustrated because Kim Shamrock won't put him over. And he walks away. So that's all that really is. Um, but this is this is Ken Shamrock's debut under the WWF. You guys got anything yeah. on that? It's awkward. It is. It is. But it's also it um, it's also a testament to Jerry Lawler because any time at this period of the WWF, when they were bringing somebody that had nothing to do before with wrestling or really young, who was the first guy they put him in there with? Lawler. 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 Mark Henry. Yeah. They he did it with Mark get, Henry. Right. Because he was going to get that shit Scott, over. Scott Putzky. Yeah. I was like, because this guy's going to make it work. He's going to take this fucking greenhorn and get something out of it. You know what I mean? Like at this time, at this time, honestly, from like 93 to 97, Lawler was the fucking utility player for that company. And he was, he, yeah, he was, oh, the yeah. Litmus, he was the litmus test. Yeah. Like they, they said, hey, we're bringing ECW in. We don't know if this shit's going to get over. We don't know how this is going to work. All right. Give it to Lawler. He'll make it work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So and he did. Jerry he Lawler doesn't get enough credit, in my opinion, at this point in his career. Well, he's in the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame, so. So, good for him. Not right. that he gives a shit, but we don't. <laughs> right. So, up next, um, Paul Lee introduces Mikey Whipwreck and Taz. And it's a Taz versus Mikey Whipwreck match. Um, um, the match is going on, and during the match... Um, Lawler says that Taz um, has bought a vacation home in an ant farm. Yep. That's how little he is. Um, and then Paulie says Jerry Lawler has been on top of a territory for 76 years because nobody else can beat him. So he's just like, you've just been, you, you've been running your own territory for 76 years. They're just going back and forth. And then um, as they're yelling at each other, all of a sudden, Polly freaks the fuck out. He's like, it's Sabu. It's Sabu. And then Sabu is on top of the R 
AW Raw sign, and he Raw. jumped right. to um, Team Taz. And almost murders himself. Yes. Almost murders himself because he almost misses them completely. Which um, Taz had talked about before, saying that um, it was a joke between those two that Sabu didn't actually jump off, he fell. <laughs> he fell, exactly. Like Sabu's exactly. like, I jumped, I jumped off the I jumped off the R on Monday Night Raw and Taz is like, No, you stupid ass, you fell off. Like, you, you stumbled. Fell off. <laughs> you stumbled. Yeah. The R moved and you fell. For all so, the quality control in the WWF slash WWE, that R was pretty wobbly. <laughs> right. But to their defense, I don't think they expected a two hundred and thirty five five pound Arabian to be jumping off of it that night. You mean you a Bombabian? Arabian, Bombabian, <laughs> homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, you know, call the guy from Ann Arbor. The guy from Ann Arbor, exactly. Lucy <laughs> Ann Arbor. <laughs> right. Anyway. Doesn't sound so good, though, Aaron. Doesn't sound so good, Aaron. I don't think they expected a guy from Ann Arbor to jump off the car. But anyway, Sabu from Ann Arbor, who fell off? Terry Bronk from Ann Arbor, who fell off the car. But it was actually That's the name of this show. Terry Bronk from Ann Arbor? I'm writing it down as we speak. Thank you, sir. But anyway, um... The end of this match is Taz beating Mikey with a Taz mission. And um, I actually liked it. I actually liked this segment. I thought it was cool. I thought yes. it was cool seeing Mikey on Raw. And I thought that, like, Sabu, whether he jumped or fell off the R or whatever, I, I, this honestly was my favorite ECW portion of the show. I enjoyed it. Right. Another thing I enjoyed about it, because they talk about it so much when you hear like the history of ECW going into the pay-per-view, Taz and uh, Sabu had yet to touch each other for one full year leading into their match at Barely Legal. Yeah. And even here at Raw, with Sabu diving, falling, whatever, off the R onto King Taz, when Taz went to go get to him, they pushed Sabu back just enough that they still couldn't get to each other. Yeah. So that it's, was great I, storytelling, in my opinion. I thought this was a really good segment. Um, you guys got anything else on that? I do not. Okay. And the only thing I'll, I'll add is I think everything ECW did on the show was absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, the next thing, and I forgot to mention it going going through the show, is they kept hyping a big surprise. Like Vince McMahon just kept going, there's going to be a big surprise. There's going to be a big surprise. There's going to be a big surprise. And then Vince is like, coming up, you're going to get the big surprise. So now we're going to our big surprise match. The headbangers come out. And Lawler's like, I like those guys, but I don't think that's a surprise. And Vince is like, no, no, here it is. And it's, oh, what a rush. The Legion of Doom have returned Right. WWF and the Manhattan Center lost their fucking mind. <laughs> they, 
they went goddamn insane. Well, and because they're in the Manhattan Center, and that was the original look for Monday Night Raw, right? Right. It almost... LOD showing up on this particular episode was the... The the perfect impact they could make, you know. Oh, right. You have that look of the Legion of Doom coming back to the WWF, and I mean, it was super cool. Yeah, it was, and it it's also it was perfect the, timing. It's also the fact of like, even we though talking, like like we were talking about like this was kind of like an ECW crowd, you know, mm-hmm. like eight. And I love ECW or whatever. I love the ECW fans, but like you know, they're talking about shitting on things or whatever. It didn't matter who would have came out in the ECW arena when the lights went out and came back on; they'd lose their fucking minds. Well, they were popping. Yeah, they were going to pop no matter what. It was like when these guys came back. It was just. I'm not even saying. I don't even want to say. It's like it didn't matter who it was. But it's like when these guys came back, they fucking lost their goddamn minds. So they're like, "Holy shit!" Oh yeah, hawking animal. Yep. We just saw we just saw hawking animal like a couple weeks ago on WCW. You know what I mean? It's not it's not like they were coming back from yep. nothing. It was just the fact that they're fucking here now, and they at that time were the fucking Undertaker of tag team wrestling. And we will get into over the next year or so how. WWF completely fucked it up. <laughs> right. I, I was about to say this was the first really big shot WWE did to taking talent away from WCW was the Road Warriors. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For all their taking the Marty Jannettis and the Jim Powers and but then, you know, the big names were the Hogan's and the Savages. WWF coercing back the, the Road Warriors to Raw was awesome. And then you shit the bed because you decided how can we make the Road Warriors better? Let's add Darren Drozdov. <laughs> okay. one, yeah. One more thing I'll say. You said Marty Jannetty, WCW. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is going to be the second time in the show because I did it earlier with Pat Tanaka where I do my, <laughs> my, 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 like, <laughs> doing my voice but doing music. Mm-hmm. Could they have picked worse music for Marty Jannetty in WCW? No. They gave him the generic It's like that is not even like and he's trying to come out like with his rocker enthusiasm right. and he's got this right. fucking slow ass dirge and as you know he's coming when he heard to the it, ring. You know he heard it you, you know when he heard it he was like fuck I didn't realize I signed up for this. <laughs> anyway, sorry Aaron. I, mean, I should have begged Vince for another for another like, chance. Like apparently, I'm the mid-afternoon rocker. <laughs> hey, right. <laughs> I'm a toker. I'm a smoker. <laughs> I'm an afternoon napper. <laughs> that doesn't even rhyme, Marty. He, but no, he even tries. He tries to be like rocker enthusiastic to that slow-ass fucking dirge they send him out to. Anyway. Now, okay. just one more thing about a Marty Jannetty, and I'm sorry, Aaron, I really am. That's okay. But I don't give a shit about With this. all the famous... <laughs> with all yeah, the famous... 20 downloads. What are waves. <laughs> I don't even know how many I have. Um, I With all the famous cruiserweights they had, they brought in guys like Scott Putsky, 
who ping-ponged back and forth between the WWF and WCW four times. And why would you ever book him as a cruiserweight? I'm right. And Marty Jannetty as a cruiserweight. Like, why were they the ultimate United States cruiserweights? Not Alex Wright, not Chris Jericho. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, we're getting Scott Punksy and Marty Jannetty, boys. You know, and then WWE's answer was to make the Fantastics wrestle each other as the opening to their light heavyweight division. You know, it's like why? Yeah. Why would anybody take this seriously? <laughs> you know, we'll talk about it in the upcoming. Go ahead. Weeks. Um. So the Legion of Doom is the big surprise. Like I said, the Manhattan Center lost their minds. Um, and Nate, you were talking about like they they shit the bed with them down the road. Mm-hmm. I, I put nearly almost shit the bed with them here. Because right. because the match was too long, it was way too fucking long. I agree. The headbangers. The I'm not even. I'm not even knocking the headbangers. I'm not even knocking the headbangers. No, because I like the headbangers. No, but you're right. Whoever was in this match, whether it's the headbangers, whether it's the Godwins, whether it's whoever, the Spiders, they Just should have been. They should. They should have been the fucking Mulkies in this. Match. It should have been a three minute match. It should have been forty five seconds. Get them out there. Ding, ding, ding. 45 seconds. Get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. But this thing went way too long. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there are some good lines in it. Because Jerry Lawler says, um, when you tell a guy from New York to take the trash out, he takes his girlfriend on a date. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. I won't lie. And then they're talking about the headbangers. And um, Lawler's like, you don't know anything about headbanging music, Vince. And Vince is like, yeah, I do. He goes, really? Like, you know about the butthole surfers? Vince goes, I beg your pardon. (laughs) (laughs) Are you talking about Pat Patterson? (laughs) (laughs) Pat X does not not to call him down on live television, Jerry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Lawler's like, so you know about the battle servers? <laughs> Just like, I beg your pardon. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Like, it cracked me up. Oh. But then, guess how the match ends? In a DQ, I think. Right? It ends in a double count out. Yeah, WS something. Like, Super like finish. the headbangers end up brawling with the Road Warriors after they just right. brought in as this fucking, oh, here they are. And it's a double count out. But then, now, after it's over, sorry, Archie, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. After it's done, they still allow Hawk and Animal to get the Doomsday device on Mosh. Right. After the match was fucking right. up. So why not just let him get the doom this doomsday device and pin Mosh? Right. Like, how are you? Why were we why were we pretending the headbangers? headbangers? Right. And I'm not even not they headbangers. weren't the champions. They weren't the world tag team champions. They it's weren't not, that over yet with the crowd. They've it, only been there a few months. You know it's what I mean? It's not like it was o- Owen and Davey out there being like, We don't give a fuck right. bring him out. You know what I mean? I can see if it was like Owen and Davey, you know, and it was going to lead to something. I got, but I got news for you. Owen and Davey would have took the Doomsday device gladly. 
and I'm not. You know what I mean? I know they would have, but what I'm saying is, and, and fucking the headbangers were probably like, "What the fuck are they doing? Like, what is this?" Right. Like, like they got there and they're like, "Oh, you're gonna wrestle fucking hawk and animal tonight," and they're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm assuming we're getting pinned," and they're like, "Oh no, you're gonna go, you're gonna go ten minutes no, double count double count out," and Chaz and Glenn were probably like, "What?" And it is, it is, it is. Um, Who wrote that? It's indicative of something we said on multiple shows on the network. The WWF never booked the LOD pop properly. Nope. Nope. Ever. No, I agree. Did not. So after this, unless you guys have anything else to say on that, no, sir. No, we can move on. We get that god awful um, Shawn Michaels fucking video. You know what I'm talking about? Tell me a lie. Tell me a lie, and say that you. I like that video. I like that song. Well, I like that video in '95. Right, but in '97. It was always trash. It was always no, I, li- I like it in '95. I thought it was effective in '95. It was always garbage. Yeah, it, it got <laughs> over where it needed to. It was a goddamn Lex Express know. with no nuts. That's hey. how far I'm going to go with it. Hey. Or like the Bret Hart thing. You light a fire. No, that fuck. That shit's amp. Hey. That shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Don't so fucking you light a fire with your <laughs> Yeah, don't anyway. damn on my show <laughs> smirch the great fucking awesomeness of you light my fire. The fucking Bret Hart video is fucking great. <laughs> He's a badass in that fucking video. But this fucking listen, goddamn listen. Do you light it? Do you light a fire in me? Song was only done and made. So Brett could go film Lonesome Dove. It doesn't fucking matter. It was still pimp. Okay. This Sean on the other Tell band, me a fucking the lie. Tell me a lie song. Listen to me. When, oh. when they made that song, Tell Me a Lie, it was because Sean lost his smile. And you will not be smart Michael Heatonbottom's name because he lost his smile, sir. <laughs> Can't even hey, say that word. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> side note, side note. Archie, you actually just brought something up that happened. You didn't even know it. But well, you brought mm-hmm. something up that happened four days ago in my life. Okay. We're you didn't lose your smile, we're, did you? We're hijacking Aaron's show. No, I always have my smile. Shit. I okay. always have my smile. They can't. They can't fucking take that shit. No. Good. But I'm I'm watching Yellowstone. Okay. Fantastic show. It is. It's well, the only thing Kevin Costner's ever done that is perfect. Kevin Costner's standing there. I don't know what scene it was. I don't remember, to be perfectly honest with you, at this very moment. But he was standing there, and he had kind of his like his hand on his hip. Right. He's got his little cowboy hat on. He's got his little jacket on and whatever. And I was like, oh, he looks like Bret Hart in the Lonesome Dove <laughs> promo photo. <laughs> and only a wrestling fan like us would think something yep. like that. But anyway. What season of that show are you into? Are you in the last season? Uh, I'm about to finish season two. Like, I'm on the last episode no. of season two. 
I'm a little further than you, but you know that Rip Tate, Tate just got kidnapped. Okay, well, I won't. This doesn't spoil anything, but you know that Rip character on there, mm-hmm. the bad motherfucker. It's like yep. the like, the fucking equalize, like the Arn Anderson of the fucking group. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> him and him and Beth, they wind up getting married, which you know is going to happen, right? Well, they wind up moving in with fucking Kevin Costner's character, and she's like like living in the big house or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's got this big ass closet, and she's like. Is this enough room for you? And he's like, Jesus Christ, Beth. I have two pairs of jeans and five shirts. <laughs> that sounds like me. That sounds like me. That sounds like me and Kendall. I'm That's like, great fucking line. He's like, Jesus Christ, Beth. I have two pairs of jeans and five shirts. So like, we were when we were looking at when we were looking at houses before we bought before we bought this one. She was like, Do you think this bedroom closet's big enough? And I literally said. Do you think this bedroom closet's right. big enough? Because I mean, I, I fucking need a, I fucking need a a, 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 a gun safe, and I can put all my shit in there. Right. I, I like, oh, that's a great that's fucking name. All right, he's a great Go ahead, Aaron. That Beth chick is a fucking great character. Absolutely. And also, if you got if Arch, if you're not if you're not watching Yellowstone, you need to. I'm a teenager. I have not started it yet. No, watch it. And I'm if, not talking about there were nothing but good things. And if you have HBO, watch The Righteous Gemstones. Best that's actually that's TV. actually on my list after Yellowstone. So best goddamn show on TV. And Nate, you watch season one, right? Of what? Righteous of Gemstones. Gemstones. I haven't yeah. watched the show yet. Oh my god! Fucking get on that shit. The fucking first season's great, and the second season they're doing now. It's got a wrestling theme to it. It's great. Giggity. But anyway. You had, we you had me at wrestling theme. We watched this god-awful Shawn Michaels video. <laughs> and then... I will sing this whole song if you don't stop. Uh, the next match is Tommy Dreamer versus Devon Dudley. And um, in this match is when they bring out the weapons and they start doing right. as, as far as EC, as far as I'm going to say it, as far as Vince McMahon was going to allow ECW to go on his show. Okay. And, um, there's been times that Vince McMahon has talked about conversations that he's had with Paul, where he was like, I understand what you're doing with ECW pal. But once you get on television, you can only go so far with the violence. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? That's what this thing was. Like, they let ECW get on TV, and they had, like, Big Stevie Cool out there with the BWO and Taz throwing people around and shit. But it wasn't like autumn, like right at the start they're fucking people with shit and everything. Right. <laughs> right. I, it, it, it might be out of left field, but I think this was Vince McMahon going, we're going to give you three segments. And I have a feeling right at the beginning, Paul was like, okay, well, we're going to have um, Stevie come out there and hit him with this. And, and, and Vince is like, no. No. Let's lead up to the violence. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Not and, to mention if there were any children watching, 
they probably went to bed by that time. Yeah. So, you know, it wouldn't have exposed anybody to anything bad. But I, I, I just, in my opinion, I think Vince probably said, let's not go full born right out the right out the shoot with the fucking violence. Right. Um, right. During this match, all the violence is happening. They're hitting each other with shit, and Vince is like, "Oh my god, like this is disturbing." And 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 Lawler and Dangerously are yelling at each other, kind of arguing during it. Um, there's a take your promo during the like. This is this is silly. Like Tommy Dreamer <laughs> and Devon are having this hardcore fucking match. Like they're hitting each other with shit and fucking. Bubba gets involved, and then the Sandman comes out, and all this shit's going on. Right. And it's a fucking split screen, and it's the Undertaker cutting a promo about his upcoming match while ECW is going into their right. finish of their big main event on Raw. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there was a couple of times during the ECW uh, segments where they did split screens, like Farouk did a split screen during the opening Stevie Cool, big Stevie Cool match. Yeah, but they didn't so do they it kept cutting in. finish. They didn't do it to their finish. Right. Like, they kind of fucking... No, but it was like WWE still cutting in saying, this is our show. We're going to give you yeah. time, but we're still showing our wrestlers. Yeah, they still kind of big dicked them here. Like, right. they really did. It was, it was WWF big dogging. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. They big dicked them. They were just like, eh, our song's bigger than <laughs> And, and 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 but I really I like I said I, I enjoyed this segment. Um, Dreamer ends up winning with the DDT, and then there's a Sandman Dreamer Devon Bubba Dudley brawl at the end. Um, then um, Polly is out there trying to trying to thank Vince. It's like Vince, or at first. Lawler's like, we brought you in here. You should be thankful. And and Polly's like, you had nothing to do with it. It was the cojones of your boss. And he tells Vince, he's like, you. He's like, I didn't think you had the 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 nuts to do this, but thank you very much. And Lawler's getting mad, and he's saying shit to Polly, and then they end up getting in a fight, and they get pulled apart. And that's how ECW leaves with Polly and Lawler getting pulled apart. I thought that was kind of cool. And Jerry was the perfect guy to pair up with this, you know, to to be the anti-ECW guy. Because Ben wasn't going to do it. Yeah. Well, I look at it like this, Nate. The way that it goes is you could look at it as Lawler almost being bitter because you didn't bring USWA on the show or any of my Memphis companies that I have, but you were willing to bring ECW on the show. You know what I mean? Yes. You don't give you didn't give my son a job yet. You didn't give any of my guy. You stole a lot of my talent. You know what I mean? But you you didn't you didn't highlight my company the way you're highlighting this. Um, as Jim Cornette would call it, an outlaw mud show. You know what I mean? So I, I like that. Was that that was what I always got from this? Lawler was pissed off that Paulie was getting in good with Vince, 
Meanwhile, all the years of service Jerry did, he never got the same effect. Right. And by the way, just to say it, just to put it out there, the birth of the Mr. McMahon character was actually on Jerry's TV. Yeah? Yes. yes. Yeah. Which yes, it was. Go on YouTube and look up McMemphis. McMemphis. It's fucking <laughs> great shit. That's good shit, pal. So, Paulie gets drug out of there, and then Jim Ross and Jim Cornette do a recap video of the Bret Hart, Steve Austin, Sid situation, and then from last week, or a couple weeks ago, you guys know what I'm talking about. And then Todd Pettengill interviews Ken Shamrock, and he predicts that The Undertaker will win the championship at WrestleMania, but he won't pick between Brett and Austin, which is going to foreshadow some shit that's going to mm-hmm. come down a couple weeks away, which we're not going to spoil. Um, and then we roll into our main event, which is Farouk versus The Undertaker. Farouk comes out with his nation of domination <coughs> and he confronts Ken, Ken Shamrock and they talk some shit. And then Farouk ends up getting in the ring. The Undertaker comes out and um, I don't want to knock either one of these guys because I, like I, I like Ron Simmons and I love The Undertaker, but they proceed to have a long and very boring match. <laughs> And I mean, it's it's the it's the um, what do I want to say? It's the circumstance of putting two guys that you're focused on up against each other on a TV match. So what I'm saying is nobody uh, nobody's yeah. booked to look stronger than the other. Yeah, and they and they have no out. Right, no out in this match. Yes. Like, if the Undertaker's not going to fucking lose, he's the fucking number one contender, and you can't fucking job Farouk. I hate he's Ahmed doing, Johnson. He's doing some of the best work of his career at this point. And I, I hate Ahmed Johnson, but Ahmed Johnson's the guy that is your fucking second banana. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm When I say second banana. Your rotten he, banana, yeah. yeah he, he's the guy that's your fucking... Samuel event at this point. It, it's like it's like it should have ended with Lawler. Like honestly, Raw should have ended with fucking Lawler and Paulie getting pulled apart. The pull apart. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Let some of the ECW and WWE guys fight. Ended at that. But yep. I will say this. And again, this is not a knock at Ron Simmons. I've always said he was a great wrestler, great athlete, and anything they put him in, he fell at. And this is not a knock at The Undertaker. I'm a huge Undertaker fan. They never had chemistry when they got in the ring with each other. No. They don't later in the year at the King of the Ring either. Right. That's what so I'm yeah, saying. So, yeah, you're when absolutely right. Farouk a world title shot, and they did the perfect storyline. They used the race card, Farouk saying there's never been a black world heavyweight champion. You've never let anybody closer to, close enough to the world heavyweight title before. You know, why am I the first one getting a title shot? You know, and even Farouk, uh, even Ahmed Johnson starts to buy into it too slightly. 
You know what I mean? Which we'll get to that, but so my point is, those two never had chemistry. Let's just say that black magic didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so, and like I said, guys, at the beginning of the show, ECW was just a um, recap of Cyber Slam, which we went over. So, right. Unless you guys have anything else to add to this. Sh- Conversation of these shows. Yes. yes, I would like to now sing "Tell Me a Lie" Please in its entirety. <laughs> make some magic tomorrow morning. I'm just gonna say, Nate, make some magic with that fucking um, Sunny Marlena, goddamn. Arm wrestling contest. I lost my notes and that shit. But anyway, hey, Archie's not going to sing. Two women like that? Huh? No, I am going to sing, but it's going to be tomorrow in your PMs. I'm going to send you a voice clip of me singing that song at 9 a.m. Uh, I'm going to delete it. And I'm going to save the audio and add it to the end of the show. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I don't listen to this. So do whatever. <laughs> Um, All right. <laughs> what we're doing next week, y'all, if you want to know, and Nate, listen to the date of the show and tell me if you know why it's significant. Okay? Mm-hmm. You focus. You said, you said listen, but listen. You, 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 listen, signed, you signed watch. Listen, Linda. The next show that we are coming up on, we just did um, February 24th, 1997. Mm-hmm. Correct? Correct. Yes. That's what y'all just heard. We are going into March, March 3rd, 1997. And that would be my brother's 13th birthday. Yes. Yay! <laughs> so, <laughs> little me is going to be 13 on the day that we watch what the fuck is happening in the year that was. Is that Berlin? Huh? Is March 3rd Berlin? It is. Oh, <laughs> you had a sucky ass birthday for the WWF. I did. <laughs> I certainly did, sir. But we were also <laughs> in Atlanta in the Omni for WCW. And then guess oh, what? They did Nitro in the Omni? Yes. No shit. One time. One time. I didn't I didn't even remember that. And then guess what we were doing in ECW? Philadelphia? Fucking review on another segment of Cyberspin. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to make a promise. Before we record, before we record, I'm going to send Aaron a birthday gift, a birthday present that he can open live on the show when we record. But you have to promise me that if it gets there like three or four days before we record, you do not open it until we record. Okay. All right? All right. 
I got this booty ass crawl <laughs> and fucking Atlanta Nitro and no ECW. This fucking shit sucks. Yeah, Berlin Raw is bad. Name All I'm going to say is Savio Vega with a nerve hold. I guarantee Nate was at Music Land not giving a fuck that it was my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Sell, selling multiple singles of <laughs> Candle in the Wind. By Elton John because Prince Diana just croaked. Yep. Did she die then? I don't know. She died on my birthday. I don't know, but I just remember I, one of the things that I remember because I worked. Uh, I worked at my first job. Archie was at a music land. Okay. Slash Sam Goody, whatever you want to call it. Right. But I remember two things from that. Three mm-hmm. things from that. First of all, I lost my virginity to my store manager. Nice. Secondly. His name was Dave. <laughs> Shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, I remember an amazing amount of, and and there are younger listeners that are going to go, what? A cassette singles uh-huh. of that Elton John song being sold. Yep. And yes, I remember when John Denver died. Uh-huh. Me joking with my store manager that I wanted wanted to put like one of those little airplanes on a oh god on a on a, on uh-huh. a uh, like a string Twirl, going yeah. above the display and she was like what and I was like I'm offensive <laughs> and it didn't happen but I would like to thank, thank everyone <laughs> for listening <laughs> and enjoying the year that was dot 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 nineteen ninety seven. And in the coming up weeks, we'll get into March 3rd, 1997. So if you guys want to go ahead and watch those shows at a time to hear our commentary as you watch along, that would make it the most fun. If not, just listen to us fucking joke about it and have a good time. And thank you guys for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs>